Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today, we're continuing our week-long discussion about nutrition. And today's show is all about healthy habits for a healthy body. Yanni, Richard, and myself have developed our habits over the last couple of decades, and they work really well. And today, we're going to share them with you. Let's rock, everyone. If you're new to the tribe, Rich is behind the mix. I'm here by myself today. Well, I've got Rich here, but we are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unify Movement System, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility, and fitness so you can unleash your inner athlete. Get daily coaching by us plus our Epic Foundations prep program and revolutionary structural balance blueprint to create your ideal program and optimize your performance. As a valued listener, you can use the link in the description of this podcast or video, depending on where you're consuming the content, and you can get your first month free. Uh, also, look, before we get started, <clears throat> um, I just want to give a warm welcome. If you're on the live stream or in the UMS uh, Movement Mastermind Facebook group, Leave a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember, anyone can join and interact. So if you're not a part of that group yet, you're going to want to come over to Facebook and join UMS Movement Mastermind. Lastly, a shout out to our YouTube athletes catching the replay. Hit the like button and support the channel and uh, subscribe to our channel as well if you haven't done so already. How are you today, Richie? I'm good. Thanks, Rad. Another good training session this morning. Feeling pumped in the arms and everything. Um, yeah. Yep. Excited for another show. Awesome. Awesome. Dave Clark is saying great topic this week as well, talking about nutrition. Thanks, Dave. Uh, we really appreciate the love as always. Now, today we're going to be talking about um, nutrition and healthy habits. <clears throat> so if you didn't catch the earlier shows this week, this, this show is being recorded on Thursday. So on Monday uh, and Tuesday, it was all about protein for building muscle. Wednesday, yesterday's show was about calories uh, for fat loss or, you know, how calories affect fat loss. And today it's all just about healthy habits, the healthy habits that we have uh, created. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of context about <clears throat> how it all started. I'm 42 now, I turned 43 this year. And I'm, I'm pretty healthy uh, compared to the average person, I'd say I'm very healthy. I get blood checks every six months and my bloods couldn't be better, my doctor says. My cholesterol is at a really healthy level. The ratio of good to bad cholesterol is really good. Um, my, uh, my, my blood sugar levels are really good and I have a family history of diabetes. My dad was a diabetic uh, at a much younger age than I was. And uh, so was my grandfather, my grandmother and uh, my blood sugars are, are really healthy. And, and when I got my first blood test about eight years ago, they weren't good. They were, I was borderline diabetic. Um, actually not borderline diabetic, I was borderline um, insulin resistant. Um, so, you know, and then I made some changes and now they're, now they're really good. Uh, I have a, a, a very healthy body fat percentage. Um, so I'm doing pretty well. So the, the, the habits that I've created um, they work. They work for me. I've taught them to a lot of other people. They've worked for them. And I should, of course, before we go any further, I should give the disclaimer. Neither Richard nor I are nutritionists or dietitians. We're both just personal trainers who are very passionate about health. We're passionate about our, our own health and then about sharing things that have worked for us. And the information that we get comes from very credible sources. We have, over the years, uh, learnt who the people that are credible are 
are that we should follow. Um, so people that aren't talking about fads, but that are talking about uh, the research, you know, and there's, you know, there's different ways you can go when you, when you do your research on nutrition. You can go down the fad rabbit hole, which is the, you know, what people are talking about now, what the latest trend is. Or you can go down the research rabbit hole of, of what has, of peer-reviewed research, meaning research that has been reviewed uh, by um, other dietitians, nutritionists, professors um, that, that have then given it the thumbs up. That's what peer-reviewed means in a nutshell. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, the people that we get our research from, sorry, our info from are, are definitely, you know, the latter. They're the peer-reviewed research people. And, uh, and then we try it out on ourselves and we, and we see what works. And um, yeah, yeah, that's my little intro spiel, I guess. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so what are we talking about specifically today, Rad? Are we giving people like a list of things, um, habits to, to employ uh, upon their life? Um, yeah? Yeah. Is that what you wanted to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that would be a good sort of talk about today. Um, yep. Giving people a little bit more um, information about what we do and what yeah. we found for our clients. Yep. Um, all general information, like no real yeah, general specifics. general information, that's right. Because yeah. uh, let's let's be honest. Again, we're not dietitians, so mm -hmm. being very specific on individuals, it's not, not our forte. Yeah. Um, but this is the stuff that we've found works for us and our clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... The first thing that I'd like to say is, you know, you, you have to make a decision that you're going to do this. I think that's the first thing. That's the first habit you have to do. You have to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to embark on a journey because it isn't going to be one yeah. decision that you that you just make overnight. All in. Yeah, you're all in. You know, you make the decision that you're going to start becoming healthier. It's not like you decide today I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and it's perfect tomorrow. That's not how it's worked for any of us. It, it, it was, but the first decision is, I want to be healthier than I am now, and I'm going to start being proactive about learning how to do things better than what I'm currently doing. For me, that decision came about in my uh, late 20s. I became a personal trainer when I was, I can't remember if I was 25 or 26, um, and I, I just realized how bad my diet was, you know. And it started for me by wanting to reduce inflammation because I was really unhappy that you know, I had abs, you could see my abs, but I had a really bloated stomach and I used to feel lethargic all the time. And I asked my mum about it. My mum was the, the only person that I could think of that, you know, because she, she cooked home meals all the time. Vegetables were a big part of what we ate and she wouldn't let us eat shit food like sugar and, um, you know, sugary drinks and sweets and, you know, processed foods a lot. And, um, you know, she basically steered me down the rabbit hole of starting to learn about what kind of foods cause inflammation and things like that. And that was my first, um, you know, entry point into wanting to learn how to eat better. What was it for you, Richie? Um, so, well, really, it takes us back to when we first met. M my decision to eat healthier was uh, a realization that health was really important to me. And um, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to be healthy. Like I knew, I knew how to exercise. That was one part to it, but I knew nothing about nutrition. And um, my first sort of encounter with that learning was through Rad when we um, sort of lived together in Townsville quite a few years ago now. Um, and that was learning how to cook, understanding uh, what I had to make my meals out of to make them healthy. Um, but yeah, I made that decision like, all right, I'm gonna, gonna start learning how to do this properly. And you yep. can't half-ass it. You can't go, oh, yeah, I'll eat healthy this week and um, because I'm doing this and this on the weekend, uh, it's a write-off. I'll, I'll pick back up next week and start it again. That's, that, I find that very frustrating um, when you're working with someone that does that because uh, they get nowhere. Mm -hmm. You have to be um, 
consistent. And maybe that's um, the next habit that I think that you need to nail down on uh, is consistency, but um, meal preparation or meal planning. I think that's a really big one. Mm. If you're not planning the, the types of foods you're eating, then you're going to be inconsistent and you're not going to get results. Just mm. like you, if you're not coming to the gym most days and it's on and off, you're not going to build muscle, you're not going to lose weight. Um, so what is meal preparation and planning to me? I think um, it's, a, it's a bunch of different things. It's not necessarily um, packaging every single meal in a week and putting it in your freezer, fridge. It's um, understanding uh, what the week basically looks like in terms of food, like what proteins you're going to be having generally, um, what vegetables. Um, is there going to be carb-heavy days or carb-light days? Just a overall um, plan of attack um, so you don't get caught out and need to call up menu log and get a pizza in. That's yep. that, that throws you out big time. Um, but it also comes down to basing the meals around you know protein and and the amount of calories that you're going to be consuming. So um, more or less plan of attack, knowing what you're going to be eating. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean. <clears throat> That is, um, you know, and that's something that we, we used to do really well, didn't we, in the army? We, um, what Richard was talking about, it goes back to when we met, when him and I met, uh, I was 30 and he was 19. You were 19, were you, when you joined the army? Yep. Yep. And, I, and we moved in together after we went over to East Timor on a, on a um, deployment as infantry soldiers as, a, as part of a peacekeeping force for nine months. And we came back and we got a place together. And um, it's, it's quite funny because until that moment, I don't think we'd probably spoken to each other for more than an accumulated total of about a minute <laughs> because we were do in different sections. Yeah. And when you're in different sections, you just don't really hang out with each other, even though you're in the same platoon and you go everywhere together. You don't, yeah, it's just the way that the army works. But I remember my flatmate who was in my section, um, him and I, you get an idea, you get a feel for who people are. And, and in all honesty, like, like most of the guys, that we were in the platoon with, I just didn't want to live with because they were such party animals and I could see that they were going out all the time and they were really into, and I just, I wanted a quiet home. I wanted I wanted to live at a home where I knew that my flatmates weren't going to be bringing parties over to our place and I got that impression from Richard that that's how he was and, and lucky for me, I was right. Um, but him and I, we, when we went uh, shopping for the first time, together i remember he bought four and 20 pies which i don't know what it's like <laughs> in, in america but it's basically they're basically frozen meat pies i don't even know if you have if meat pies are an australian thing or if it, they have them in america in the uk and all around the world but it's basically like a cup of pastry filled with like mince meat and more pastry over the top and gatorade yeah that's what i remember and uh and we got home and i said to him very as politely as i could remember doing it i said look I actually know a little bit about nutrition and if you're interested, you can um, we can shop together and we can cook together and make meals together. Uh, and he said, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And so we started uh, doing all our shopping together and we did really good meal prep. I remember we used to we used to basically, you know, prep for about three days. I think we used to shop uh, once or twice a week, but we used to, you know, make a big serving of salad or veggies or meat or whatever yeah, and have yeah. it ready for a couple of days. And yeah. we definitely made dinner that night which was lunch for the next day at work. Yeah, that's a big one. I think um, that's something that I've always done ever since I met Rad. Like, 
being prepared the meal for the next day because then you, you don't have to go out for lunch. You don't yeah. have to run off to the shops and quickly get lunch in your 30-minute break. Um, make enough food at dinner for lunch the next day. Uh, Stephen Pellegrino is saying section equals squad. I don't know, man. Um, it, it, is. It, it is eight. Richard's saying yes. Yep. It's eight uh, men. Um, and uh, a platoon is four sections. So 32 men plus one... Uh, platoon sergeant, the two I see, and one platoon commander, a lieutenant, an officer. So 34 people in a platoon, uh, four sections of eight men. So yeah, I guess a squad, if that's what you call it over in, in America. Um, yeah, and but that's so that's my first point because Richard Richard said, uh, you know, meal, uh, planning your meals, you know, meal prep uh, would be what, what his first point is. And I, my first point is more specific on that, which is, you know, that you cook for dinner, your lunch tomorrow, the next day, and you eat the same thing that you ate for dinner last night as you, as you eat lunch the next day. And it's actually, it's actually rare for Richard and I that we don't do that. Sometimes, like some weeks, there'll be two or three days out of a week that I haven't done that. Because for whatever reason, my wife and I decided to go out for dinner a couple of times one week. Um, and, but then where my preparation comes, I've spent a lot of time figuring out what my go-to meal is if I don't have food and I go, there's a supermarket around the corner and I go and buy six salad ingredients or five salad ingredients, some feta cheese and a tin of tuna. And there's my meal that takes me about five minutes to make and, uh, and I know that it's healthy. So yeah, planning, if you're not planning for what you're going to eat, you're really going to run into trouble because if you choose what you're going to eat when you're hungry, you make bad choices, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, it's very rare that when you're full and you're thinking and planning in advance that you think, you know, on Tuesday, I'm going to have McDonald's for lunch and then I think I'll have pizza for dinner. You don't do that. It just well, doesn't happen. When you've got right? a choice of a burger and the salad on the menu there, you're always going to go, oh, I could really go for that burger. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I do, you know. Yeah. So you're I less, do too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Like Craig's saying, I hate leftovers. I'll always make a new lunch. Yeah, fair enough, man. No, uh, no problem. I guess it... For me, it, it depends on what you make. I mean, if I make um, my what, what my wife and I make more than anything consistently is roast meat, uh, roast lamb, and roast veggies. And there's several reasons why. Number one, a roast is is without a doubt the easiest meal that I can think of. Like when we make a roast, and, and we very rarely get fancy. We get I know that in America, lamb isn't a big thing. Lamb is very big in Australia. Um, it's because of all the kiwis that we have here. Um, <laughs> the uh, So we get a leg of lamb and I'll just rub salt into it and then I wrap it up in foil and put it in the oven on 100 degrees for seven to nine hours. Like we slow cook it. So that's very, very easy to do. And it's very nutritious. When you cook food at 100 degrees Celsius or less, it doesn't um, kill any of the proteins or any of the good nutrients in the food. When you cook food at over 100 degrees, I can't tell you the exact thing that goes on here because again I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian but I've been told this by enough nutritionists and dietitians that I went okay cool don't cook cook food over 100 degrees this is why steaming vegetables is also not a bad thing because it keeps it at 100 degrees uh, anyway so that's like my go-to now if you have leftover roast lamb and roast veggies and you throw it in the microwave or in an oven to heat up it's really yummy in my opinion it's not very sloppy at all yeah, I find I mean, it really tasty. I mean, if you're if you're not into the leftovers things, that's fair enough. But I mean, for the people that are maybe short on time, people that don't want to go through the effort of making food again, like it's really like for me personally, it's the way to go. Yep. Otherwise, I'd be just buying my food every single day, going out, 
and, and it saves you money as well. Yeah, yeah. Saves you money. A lot less um, costly. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I, I don't know. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that's a fitness professional that has a good physique year round that doesn't do what we're talking about. They don't prep their meals for the next day. Yeah. I can't think of anyone. Aaron, my friend over at Bondi, he cooks all his own meals. He, he even, you know, puts his roast on at 5 or 6 a.m. so that it's ready for lunch and he eats that for lunch and dinner. I think uh, if you look at the people that do it best in terms of um, controlling their body composition, putting muscle on, losing fat, bodybuilders, I have to say it, but yeah, they're, they're really good at it. They're very meticulous about it. And they, <laughs> that's why they're so successful because they're very meticulous about the planning of their nutrition, their food. So it's not for everyone, but, you know, it, I think we can learn from that. Craig uh, Jenkins is a Kiwi. I didn't know that, mate. I've got a um, I've got a Kiwi joke now that I know Craig Jenkins is a Kiwi. Just one though. Just, just one. Just, just one. So there's an Aussie and he's over in uh, New Zealand and he's driving through the uh, farms and the paddocks and he's thinking about buying some land over there and he sees this local wrestling a sheep into the back of his uh, truck and he pulls over go. and he says, "Hey, he says, hey, mate, how are you? I'm new here. I'm looking at buying property." And he goes, "Oh, hey, bro, what's going on?" And he goes, mate, I was just wondering, do you do you shear sheep? And he goes, oh, no, nah, bro, you're going to have to get your own. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not a Kiwi or an Aussie, you're probably not going to get that joke, but uh, I'm sure Craig gets it. Um, so That's a bad one. That's a good one. What are you doing? About? You laughed, man. Come on. You laughed. <laughs> Doesn't take much for me. Uh, Craig's saying just one here. Um, we got a bit of a delay in the stream, so I know that um, you don't actually hear my amazing jokes until... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back on topic. So, um, yeah, look, the the meal prep, the meal planning is is so important. I think the next thing we've talked about this all week, this week is understanding macronutrients and what's important for you. Yeah, um, how, how you're going to structure your meal. Yeah, how you structure your meals. And there's something that the um, that the <laughs> saying that's the oldest and worst joke ever. No, mate, that's one of my best. Um, the uh, you know. The, the, our parents got it right by saying, you know, you need to eat more vegetables, right? That is that is definitely one thing that they got right. Yeah, I think that's something that hasn't changed over the decades. Everyone yep. knows that veggies are good for you. Yeah, um, yep. but I think something that a lot of people don't understand is the importance of dietary protein and, and, and also the importance of healthy fat. I'm actually still... Look, I know that this is still a debated topic. I know that the jury is, is out on whether, you know, high-fat diets are good for you or not, but... The people that I've chosen to follow, that I put my faith in, I do eat a high-fat diet, and um, I don't eat keto or anything like that, but I certainly do not avoid fat, and I, I actually avoid low-fat options all the time. I never, ever get anything low-fat, and I get my bloods tested all the time, all the time, like twice a year, and I'm always very healthy. There's no problems with... Um, uh, you know, my liver, there's no problem with my kidney, there's no problem with my cholesterol. But, you know, th that said, if you're thinking about potentially avoiding low-fat foods, go and get your bloods tested. Make sure you work with a doctor with that. Don't just take my advice. Yeah, yeah I think whatever way you're going to swing it, high-carb, low-carb, um, high-fat, low-fat diet, um, you want to be mindful of, like, the calories that you're eating because fat's quite abundant of energy, and if you are going to... Um, have a little bit more fat in your diet, you don't want to overdo it because, again, you're going to put on fat because of the caloric um, value of yep. those meals. Yep. Um, but I think the thinking of your meals um, or approaching your diet uh, less 
in the direction of what's tasty and, and more in the direction of what's going to nourish your body and give you what you need is a big one as well. That's Maybe huge. that should have come earlier because I know most of the people I know back home, uh, they, they think of what's going to satisfy their taste buds and that's not how you approach nutrition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't make a tasty meal at the end of the day if you're, you've got these health goals, these physique goals, these performance goals. You think of what's what's needed for muscle building, losing weight, you know. Um, and unfortunately, that, that might mean that meals are less tasty, but you got to weigh up that what's more important to you. Taste of the meals um, or your goals with fitness. And, you know, it's not black or white. It isn't black or white. Like, you don't have to have bland meals, chicken breast, broccoli for every meal to achieve that. You don't. You can still make very good, tasty, healthy meals. Um, I think but, that's a really yeah. good point because that is definitely something that I switched from. I switched from thinking what food I want to eat based on the taste that I want and I switched to thinking what does my body, what's my protein that I need and yeah. then what veggies am I going to have it with? And, of course, I still eat tasty food, but... You know, that's not the priority at all. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Um, Craig's got a really good question here, and I think that this is really relevant to what um, we're talking about. And I think we can wrap up by giving our two cents on this question. So it's quite long. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I'll read it out loud. He's saying, um, uh, I have kind of a question. It seems you have different strategies. I had thought you guys were doing just time restricted eating. However, it seems that Richard eats breakfast, Yanni does time restricted, and Rad. Uh, bangs on protein in the morning when he's doing hypertrophy plus there is monday tuesday fasting suggested in the nutrition blueprint i know i've generalized that a bit but i have one of those personalities where i can totally stick to a plan my issue has been what plan to follow after this week of these sessions it actually has helped me see why you guys do things differently i have been time restricted fasting for a long time but not putting on muscle or losing fat i'm 50 this year I think I wasn't getting enough protein for sure, so have now upped my protein eating six meals, starting with breakfast uh, eggs, and I'm starting to see see some of the desired body changes. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. And the answer to the question is that Richard, Yanni, and I have been on an, a bit of a mission to learn not just about nutrition, but about what works best for our bodies based on our goals. And we've lifestyle, tried. Lifestyle, I think, yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and our lifestyle. Now, for Yanni, Yanni um, wanted to do time-restricted eating. I'm pretty sure, he's not here, so I, you can't hold me to this, but I'm pretty sure one of the main reasons is that he has some really bad digestive issues, digestive health issues, from back in the day when him and I were partying a lot, you know, taking drugs on the weekends. He really beat up his digestive tract and he's got um, problems with it. Time-restricted eating is really, really good for helping to regenerate your um, your bowels, your digestive system, um, basically by giving it a rest from having to deal with food for 16 hours in a 24-hour period and taking one full 24-hour fast once a week. You really allow the regenerative, re- restorative um, processes to happen. So that's the first thing. Um, for me, I did time-restricted eating because I, I wanted to see how it would affect my inflammation and it worked really well and it definitely helped reduce inflammation in my digestive system as well. And <clears throat> I still do it, um, not every day and I don't follow it like a zealot, but I still do it quite regularly, at least a couple of times a week. But I started eating 
more protein and more spaced out meals throughout the day because I'm more focused on building muscle after I had to deal with these shoulder injuries. One of the biggest things that I have to do in order to make sure that my shoulders are strong and robust after having slap tears is to build as much muscle and strength as possible. So I've been working on doing that. But of course, I'm doing it, you know, without doing it like a bodybuilder with all the crap that bodybuilders take and the extreme bodybuilding type issue. And, and Richard, your reasons for eating the way you do? I mean, I know what they are, but it's, in it's, your own words. It's, I mean, my, I got to think about the goals that I want to achieve. I want to build muscle. Um, I want to stay lean at the same time. Um, it also has to work with my work schedule, my, my lifestyle at home, my, my girlfriend. Like there's a lot of things that, you know, factor in how you eat. But I, I still have those basic principles, like we were saying before, the, the, preparing, the pre preparing meals, sorry, and um, knowing, you know, the macros that I'm going to be eating, basing it around protein. Um, uh, intermittent fasting is not really my thing right now. I d not to say that I don't believe in the benefits of it, but it just becomes a little bit hard with work schedules, training clients, um, the, t the timing of the... Uh, eating windows becomes a little bit difficult, and and a big part I said this the other day is about sustainability. If I if I started to try intermittent fasting, but I, I just couldn't find the right times to eat, I'd, I'd notice you know one getting really hungry, but two my workouts would be affected. Um, I'd start to lose weight potentially um, by not eating enough. You know when you're time restricted eating, you got to eat a lot more in that short period um, window period and that means my meals would have to be bigger it means i'd have to go ahead cooking more per meal it becomes a bit of a, a headache so for me personally i find it easier to stick to my regime eating the more frequent meals and having breakfast but if you want to go intermittent fasting for the health benefits i don't blame you yeah and if my goal were like if health was my number one goal like general health i would be doing time restricted eating um, minimum five days a week. And I did that for about three years. I did it very, very strictly for three years. And that's what I'd be doing, but it's not. My number one goal is to build muscle and build strength, especially in my upper body. So I eat differently. Anyway, look, I hope you guys um, got some good stuff out of that. We're gonna do one more show tomorrow on nutrition and we're, and we're still trying to think of exactly what it is that we're gonna talk about. So if anybody's got any ideas, um, please post it uh, as a post. Don't put it as a comment on this video, it'll just get lost. Post it as a post in this page, the UMS Movement Mastermind, and um, we'll see if it inspires us for what we wanna talk about tomorrow. Now we do have to go, we're gonna do our daily live coaching call for the UMS online coaching group. So all of our members of that group, please jump over and uh, get ready for your daily coaching. And if you're not part of that group, click the link in the description of this video or podcast, wherever you're consuming it, and uh, get a free month trial of our amazing UMS online coaching program, where we unify strength, flexibility, and fitness into the same workout. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.